Hey there, welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real life issues and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions, and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church. Stand as you're able. You can sit, you can stand, you can shout. of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God, ye to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, 
daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen. As a
life, your death. Your life, your death, your love declared in every moment, every moment. Your life, your death, your love declared in every God, we just we thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you for this community that we have here. There's so much noise in our lives, God. There's, there's noise coming from, from negativity in the world around us. There's, there's noise that we can create ourselves. And God, we just we, we thank you for this time that we can, we can kind of block out that noise, that we can, we can silence that noise, we can come here, we can worship you, we can hear your word. And we have this community here that we can lean on, that we can rely on when that noise can get too much for us. So God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this community and this opportunity to come and worship you. We ask that you be with those that are speaking here today that they open our hearts so that we can hear what you need each individual of us to hear today. In your name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, JD, Gary, and Don. And good morning, church. Good morning. Oh, man, it is such a beautiful morning. Uh, my name is Doug, my beautiful wife, Nicole, and amazing daughters. We live in River Forest. We get to walk to church, so it was a beautiful morning to be able to walk by all the beautiful leaves, and just it's so much easier to be in a place of worship when you just see such beautiful stuff all around you. Very grateful. Grateful to be here this morning. And it's my opportunity to and pleasure to welcome you. Welcome to all of you here, those of you who are here for the first time, who have been here just for a few weeks, and those of you who have been here for... 30, 40, 50 years. There's some of you here as well, too. Grateful that you're all here today. Our mission is to create Jesus-loving, inclusive communities that ignite the city and beyond. We have three core values of being bold, inclusive, and relevant. 
bold in that we take the teachings of Jesus seriously, inclusive in that everyone is equal, gay or straight, black, brown, or white, young or old, you're all equal in the eyes of God, and you're all equal and welcome here and included here, and relevant in that we live out our faith 24-7, not just on Sundays. Pastor Christian is out this week, his email said, in the wilds of Maine, so I look forward to hearing more about that when he returns, um, but we get to have our own Darren Calhoun, digital pastor, give a shout out to himself, give a shout out to Darren right now, everybody, Darren, Woo! coming up in a little bit, look forward to hearing from him, um, and let's talk about some announcements, please pull out your bulletin, there are lots of announcements to talk about today, some really important ones. And let's do that fun thing we always do. Please tear off that last perforated section, if you would. Let's hear some tearing. This is a chance. Just, if you're not on our email list, we'd love to be able just to keep in touch with you. You can put your email down there if you are interested in any of these volunteer opportunities or stuff that's going on in the church. Please feel free to write down your information. We'll get back with you. If you have any prayer requests as well, we'd love to be able to pray for you. Pray for you. And we have an update on someone that we've been praying for for a while, our own Bob Weaver. Uh, as you know, um, usually plays guitar up here very often, his wife Gretchen and Gavin and Julia, his kiddos who attend here regularly. Um, he has been on a cancer journey. Uh, we've known about that. We've been praying for him. We had a chance to pray for him here as a church, as well as Leah, another member in our community. Uh, and this week he had surgery. Gretchen relayed that on Thursday he went in for surgery. They removed six tumors. And uh, he's recovering now. Um, Things are gone as well as they can go at this point, and they're waiting for more information and they're waiting to learn more about the next step on their cancer journey. So let's continue to keep him in our prayers and their whole family in our prayers. Yes, we'd love for you guys to sign up to help support them in that way. Okay, a few announcements here. First off, the little floppy part in there has all the good announcements. Go to the part where it says Town Hall. This is the important one I really want everybody to pay attention to. Uh, they're all important. The one I'm most interested in helping you be aware of. Town Hall, next Sunday after church. Chance to give an update on the current financial and staffing situations here at UVC. And many of you know there's been in this period of beginning transition with Pastor Christian um, and bringing a new uh, leader for um, the church in. They had some consultants come and do some research and listen and go to all the different sites. And they're going to present their findings next Sunday as well, too. Uh, Marilyn, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to get hand cash to you next week. Cool, all right. So next week, it's going to be a great week. Come to church. Eat cake, learn about the future. Uh, next up is that next announcement there, the neighborhood building um, cleanup, give back. So it's an opportunity to join with other people in the community. Great chance for us as a church to show up with lots of other folks uh, in Oak Park, River Forest, and um, this is where we're gonna show up to. And it's just a chance to come and hang out with people and clean up a little bit. Some junk that gets accumulated in Thatcher Woods. And uh, there's some information on that. It's also in your program. And then lastly, adopt a family is another opportunity um, for people in our community who uh, would not have the greatest holiday season without a little help and assistance. It's a chance for us to adopt a family. You could provide um, food, you could provide gifts for their Christmas. Um, and uh, there's an email right there on here that you can sign up to do. Adopt a family here in our community to help make that a little better for them. 
I think it says, yes, yes. Okay, sorry, exactly, Gary brought that up. So on the tear-off, there's a little box you can check that says holiday gift basket thing. So that's gonna get more information about that. Thanks. All right, those are all the announcements. It's now time for Kids Church. Hop on up, kiddos. You'll head to the back and someone will take you upstairs. Oh, Bree's taking you upstairs. Oh, we can do that now. I thought that was after passing the piece, but let's do that now. <laughs> well, then allow me to introduce. You want to come up here and, in and introduce it? Uh, we just want to say for our volunteers for uh, being with us every Sunday. We're going to have cake after church. Can I take so, so much cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Watch this video, and then kids will go up to kids' church. Dear beloved volunteers, thank you so much for all of your hard work, just pouring into our children, uh, reading Bible stories, leading Bible activities. We really appreciate you, and we hope that you feel all of this love. name tag. It's all right. You're good, Marilyn. Go ahead and pass the piece.
Lovely. We'll have more time for fellowship after the service. And cake. That's right. All right. So this morning's scripture. Am I putting it up there, Brandon? Psalm 139. Allow me to read you for it right now. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me becomes night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Now it's my pleasure to welcome UVC's digital pastor and resident rock star, Darren <laughs> Calhoun. Good morning, everyone. How are you feeling? Good, good. Um, as has been said, my name is Darren Calhoun. My pronouns are he, him. And I've been a part of Urban Village since about 2016, so a few years now. Um, originally serving as worship leader at UBC South Loop, and then uh, currently, a few South Loop folks here, um, and then currently serving as our digital pastor, uh, which for those who may not have met me before, that essentially means I have the opportunity to serve as the hands and feet, eyes and ears uh, helping to connect our community who joins us online, both uh, spiritually in care and technologically in figuring out all the bells, whistles, buttons, and, and cables that go into uh, streaming our service and making our community larger than just these four walls. So, here we are. We are gathered, and it is almost time for holiday season. Who's looking forward to that? It's about... 10% of you who are looking forward to the holidays, <laughs> right? And for many of us, the holidays bring up a kind of dread or maybe a kind of worry about what's going to happen, um, how we're going to deal with maybe busyness or family especially. And in the climate that we're in, in the time that we're in, it's often very difficult for us to have some of those family dynamic conversations. Anybody have an experience with that? Um, and so in this sermon series, one of the things that we've been intending to do is kind of equip our people with how do we survive this? How do we go through these seasons of dealing with family where things may be uncomfortable? How do we have conversations that are helpful and healthy? How do we just get through it without pulling out our hair? <laughs> it's the kind of thing that is really important to all of us um, but sometimes, uh, especially depending on where we are in our walk 
uh, in Christ or, or in faith, we don't always feel like we have the right words. Has anybody ever felt like, if I just had the right scripture, that would change how my family member acts? Has anybody ever felt like that? Or maybe if I could just explain to them how they are wrong, <laughs> that maybe things would change. And as somebody who's worked to do bridge building and reconciliation work and equity, diversity, and inclusion work for the past 20 years, I can tell you a few stories. So I'd like to start with this one. I grew up here in Chicago, and while I was an only child, um, I had a ton of cousins. And one of those cousins, um, uh, most of us stayed pretty much in the area and stayed pretty connected, but one of those cousins moved away kind of earlier in life, and I hadn't seen him in quite some time. Well, eventually we reconnect on Facebook, and we have the opportunity to chat, and if anybody follows my Facebook, you know I have some spicy conversations all the time. We're talking about race, LGBTQ inclusion, capitalism, you name it, it's going down on my Facebook. But it's not a place where everyone has to agree. We have to be able to disagree well, we have to be able to, 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 to engage fully and faithfully with, the, with the, whatever your point is. So no like drive by, here's a scripture quote and I'm walking away. But if you have something to say, say it but also say it in a way that's not gonna be harmful to the people that you're talking about. Well, my cousin showed up on one of the posts, and this post was about LGBTQ people, and it's been a couple years now, so I don't re really remember what the topic specifically was, but he was commenting some things, and it was like, um, this is not okay. I am not okay with what you're saying because of how you're saying it, and I'm gonna ask you not to, to talk like that on my page. And his immediate reaction, and maybe you have some family like this, is, well, my, my, daughter's, um, my daughter's gay, so I, I'm not homophobic, I'm not saying anything wrong. And it's like, well, mm, yes you are. <laughs> but it's not that you can't have your opinion, it's not that you can't have your thought, but I'm really not okay with how you're talking. Let's get on the phone. So we get on the phone, and I typically try to get people on the phone because we get real brave behind keyboards and screens, but it usually transforms a bit when you actually get somebody on the phone, not just because you have to actually confront how your words impact someone, but also because we hear things, we have tone of voice, we have speech speed, we have all these nonverbal cues that also inform how we're saying what we're saying. And so in talking to him, we had some really good conversations. We talked about how the struggle for, um, for uh, black liberation does have parallels with the struggle for LGBTQ liberation. And that was good. And we had good, we were starting, I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. And then eventually it went from having this, this sameness of mind to him essentially blaming black people for their oppression and enslavement? Yeah, <laughs> as, as somebody said in the audience, what? Like, <laughs> huh? But there are people who think that, Kanye West being one of them, who, who famously said, you know, if black people really wanted to be free, then they would have done an uprising. And it's, it's one of those things where I know, as an educator, that our history is that 
uprisings happened through the entire enslavement period and that the fight for liberation never quit, but things don't all get recorded in the history books. Stories don't all get told to the people who they matter to the most. And so we get this idea that enslaved people just laid down and died, and we get this idea that LGBTQ people simply uh, woke up one day and demanded rights and got them, but the reality is that all of these struggles were full of long and, and, and life-threatening labor and change. And as a, as a community organizer, as an activist, I took it a little personally that he was saying these people didn't try hard enough. Because it's like, I know what it is to move people to action, but here you are with an opinion and no experience, and it's kind of getting on my nerves. And so I'm on this call with him, and we're talking and we're going back and forth. And eventually, I find that my like, teeth are like tingling, and that my jaw is tight, and my like, shoulders are like, ah. And fortunately, I live alone. But when I am really worked up, I am like talking on the phone and I'm walking back and forth and I'm just like going a mile a minute. Watch is like, are you on an outdoor walk? <laughs> <laughs> but eventually I realized that there was no conversation that was going to change or progress this. And so I said, well, I'm really glad we got to talk and I'd love it if you would be a lot more mindful of how you say what you say. Um, but if you don't, um, hold that in mind if you don't be protective of the people who are wounded and, and injured and, and who I care for on my page, then I won't let you continue to comment. I set a boundary. And eventually that boundary led to him getting blocked. That's not the outcome that one normally happens. I actually have a very short list of people I've ever blocked. Um, and two, this is still a family member, right? And most of us have that, you know, they're still family. They're still blood. Blood is thicker than water. These kind of phrases come up. And I think for many of us, we experience the same kind of thing where what we say and what we feel and believe kind of gets tampered down or limited by, well, that's your mom, so you, you know, she's just old and she just comes from a certain time. Or that's your, that's your, yeah, that's your papa, so, you know, he's just going to be the way he is. And we get this idea that we just have to put up with harmful or toxic interactions and that there's nothing we can really do about it. I use that story to invite us to think about what helps us navigate these kinds of family dynamics. What helps us to understand where we are and how we are in these moments so that we can stay ourselves and not become something that we're gonna like be ashamed about if we told the story later on. In Psalm 139, um, we're hearing about God's unconditional love. We're hearing about a God who knows us and loves us completely, and who will show up whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley. We're talking about a God who understands us so well that the scripture said, if, if, I lay, if I made my bed in Sheol, um, another version of that says, if I made my bed in hell, you would be there with me. Now, as a person who survived harmful and toxic theology, I was taught that God would be far from me if I wasn't always doing the right thing and in the right place at the right time. I was taught that God would abandon me if 
I wasn't always living up to some inachievable level of piety or doing what God wants. But here in the scripture, I was learning something else, that God would be with me no matter where I am. And I think that's a promise that Christ extends to us when he says, behold, I'll be with you always. And so how is God with me when I'm on the phone with my cousin who is getting on my very last nerve? Well, if I go back to the scripture, I remember that God created the last nerve that's in my body. And it's an opportunity for me to think about how did God design my body and how is that a part of Christ being with me? So our bodies have something called the uh, sympathetic nervous system, um, somatic nervous system. These are different systems that are in our body where our nerve endings run all the way up through our bodies and our limbs up to our brain and tell our brain something about what's going on. And depending on how you believe we got here, we do know that these nerves exist. They send signals to the brain, and the brain then says, these signals tell me this is what's going on. Let's take action. So sometimes we have these conversations or we have a mental exercise that triggers some of those same signals in our bodies. And so what our brain isn't doing is, oh, this is a really stressful conversation with your family member. No, your brain is going, this is a life or death situation, and you've got to either run, which is flight, or you've got to kill it, which is fight. And when those signals come up from the body, the brain turns off the frontal lobe and it's like, oh, we're not thinking about this. There's no time. You've got to do something or you'll die. And so has anybody ever been in the conversation where you're like, what you're saying doesn't make sense? And the person's like, I don't care. Because <laughs> this part of the brain is completely checked out. It doesn't even get as much blood at that point because your body's putting all of its resources in keeping you alive from what it thinks is a life or death situation. Now, God designed this system as a very basic way to keep us alive, but also... It's a way to help us survive in situations that aren't quite a bear running after you and you have to survive in the woods, right? And so this is where somatic practice comes into play. Somatic practice is the idea that we can do things like think about our breathing. We can touch our bodies. We can do all kinds of, of practices that help us ground ourselves or find where we are and, re, and remind our bodies that there is not a bear coming to kill us, it's just somebody with a really bad opinion. We can remind our bodies that I am anxious right now, but I don't have to be. And my breathing tells my brain that I don't have to be anxious. These practices help us to center ourselves, to ground ourselves, and to be reminded that we are okay. And when I was in that, that toxic and abusive church, they weren't telling me, oh, well, you know, maybe you should just spend some time breathing and thinking about where you are. They were just like, you just got to pray more. You just got to read the Bible more. You just got to fast more. And while those spiritual practices are important, they weren't what my body needed. I needed to be cared for. I needed to know I was safe. And so today I invite you to think about how this system that God designed in us helps us to find ourselves and to be okay. So 
the pneuma of God, um, that when in Genesis, God says that the breath was breathed into God, that's the pneuma. The pneuma is also the spirit of God. Uh, in ancient times, they believed that the spirit of God was in our breath. They didn't exactly have a concept of the heart beating, beating blood through our bodies, but they did know that there was something in us keeping us alive. And I love this idea that this breath of God is what's in us and moving through us, because I know if you don't breathe after a while, you're not going to be alive. And so this idea of if we take a breath, hold it for a few moments, and let it out, it interrupts that thing in our brain that says we're about to die. And if we're in a tense moment, we can take another deep breath, hold it for a few moments, and breathe out, and tell our bodies that we're safe. If you're worried about something, you can literally tap on your body, tap on your shoulders, or do something as simple as rub the back of your neck. And the thing that you were overthinking about or anxious about suddenly can become a little bit more right-sized. Now again, when I first heard about this stuff, I was like, that's some woo-woo stuff. I need to fix, right? But in, with my therapist and, and in time with much practice and a whole lot of healing, I have found that even though I can think my way through a lot of situations, Sometimes I just have to sit and be still and remind myself that I'm going to be okay. And so for me, I am so thankful that the God who said, I would be with you always, and the God who would say, if you're on the mountaintop or the valley low, the God who knew me before I was in my mother's womb, who knit me together, the scripture says, that the same God would put the nerve endings together and the breathing apparatus together and the way my heart beats and the way that connects up to my brain and tells my brain that I'm okay, that that God would physically make a way for me to know that God is here, that the breath of God that we've understood through scriptures that being so important can literally tell me I am all right. So what do I do on the phone with my cousin who's getting on my nerves? Well, I mentioned earlier that my teeth started to like tingle, that my jaw was tight, that my heart started beating. And paying attention to those signals from my body, I realized that I'm entering into a fight or flight state. And that me using logic is about to go out the door. And so those signals are an opportunity for me to pause for a bit, to maybe step outside for a second. Those signals are a way for me to recalibrate myself and go, what do I need right now? What does Darren need? Has Darren had anything to eat in the last few hours? Has he had anything to drink? Because baby, I get dehydrated. <laughs> and it's an opportunity for me, even while I'm on the phone, to go get a drink of water or to go get a little snack, probably something sweet with peanut butter and chocolate, because that's my favorite, just saying but to treat myself and to let myself know, oh, I'm still good. This, in, this interaction with my cousin has no other impact on my life other than that he is saying some things that are unkind and harmful, but I'm safe, I'm okay, he can't affect me. Now granted, some of us are in situations that are so much harder, 
We may be in a physically abusive or verbally abusive home. We may be in danger from someone or something that is present. And I'm not saying that we don't need to have those responses. God gave us these responses that literally get our bodies ready to run or fight or hide or play dead even. But in these moments, there's also this opportunity to find out before I get to that, is there a way that I can calm myself so I can think through this and, and see clearly? And so I want to invite you for a second to breathe with me, to find whatever your comfortable space, wherever you are. And if you're comfortable, close your eyes, but feel no obligation to do so. But I just want to do what's called a body scan. Has anybody heard of that? A few people. And what I've found is that this just helps me know where I am. So as you're breathing, pay attention to your breath. Without trying to, to say words or put it into, into anything, just notice what your breath feels like. Is it slow? Is it steady? Is it fast-paced and jagged? Just notice what your breath is doing as it comes in your body and out of your body. Is it going through your nose or through your mouth? Was it, what does it feel like? Is it warm air? Is it cool air? What does the air feel like on your skin right now? And then we can turn our attention to our face. Is it relaxed? Is it tense? What does our face feel like? Or what about our neck? Is our neck got a little kink in it where we feel like we need to move it? And if so, you feel free to move it. Are our shoulders able to hang loosely? Or maybe are they held in a tight, protective grip? What about our back? Do we feel like we need to roll our shoulders and get those shoulder blades moving again. Do we remember that we even have a back? <laughs> Are we sitting down or standing up? Are we in the car? Are we on a couch at Thanksgiving dinner? Where are we right now? Let's just remember where our back is. And then what about our legs? Sometimes my hips are really tight, and that is a sign of post-traumatic stress. Like, I'd have to remember to loosen my my hips, to relax my hips and my thighs. I have to remember to do stretches sometimes. When's the last time you stretched? Don't judge it. You might have forgotten. Maybe the physical therapist told you there were some exercises that could really help. But rather than, than think about all the things we should do, maybe just take a moment just to, to just shift in your seat or where you're standing and just feel what feels good to your hips, what helps your hips relax. And the same down our legs to our calves and our toes even. How are my toes feeling? Are my feet in a comfortable position? Do these shoes hurt? Do I need to take them off and just let my feet breathe for a second? Without judgment, just feeling where our body is, where our body is in space. Am I at home? Am I in the car? Am I traveling? Am I someplace that's very comfortable and warm or cold and cool like I like? What, what does my body need right now? Do I need another jacket? 
And maybe I need to take something off so I can be a bit more comfortable. Do I need something to eat? Do I need something to drink? And to just be in my body, the body that God created, the body that, that God spoke to Abraham and said, look up at the stars. So shall be your descendants. God put a star for me way, way back then just so he could have a sermon illustration for Abraham. Or to think about the ways that our bodies keep breathing when we're sleeping and when we're waking, when we're running and when we're tired. To think about that God knit us together in a way that scientifically is like almost impossible. That this body God would choose to love and to cherish. And just let those thoughts wash over you, again, without judgment. Maybe something is difficult. Maybe there's a sickness or illness and it's frustrating, but we don't have to judge it right now. We just have to notice it. Maybe there's a way that we like to, to be. Maybe there's a thought that we just can't seem to beat right now. I'm just going to notice it and say, I see you and I understand. And so as you're ready, you can bring your focus back into the room. You can notice maybe the color feels a little bit different in the room. Maybe I feel a little bit more calm and settled in my seat. Maybe my voice that was at a fever pitch before just dropped down a few octaves. And in doing so, we utilize this beautiful, wonderful, natural way that Christ is with us in our bodies. Like, what does that mean? That we are the body of Christ. What does that mean? That God would be with us down to the electrical signals that pass and course through our body throughout the day that are literally how we're alive and conscious. As we prepare to be Christ's ambassadors, to go to our family situations and to go to our homes and to go to that boss with the job and that you would really throw out the window, to go and be Christ's ambassadors with the cousins that get on your nerves and to go and be Christ's ambassadors with the neighbor that always finds the worst time to show up. What does it mean to be Christ's ambassadors with the God who understands both what it means to speak to the winds and the waves and say, be still, and the same God who knows how to flip a table and be like, this is not right. What does it mean to have that God coursing through us and saying, you're going to be okay? And to know that no matter what, God is with us. So this morning, I invite you to find that scripture and make it personal to find where you need God to meet you and to say, God, I, I, I need you right here. I invite you to take all of this wonderful circuitry that is our bodies and to center yourself and to remind yourself that you are loved, that you are enough, and that because of what God has done in you, that you are making a difference in the world.
you might be the person that that person eventually goes, you know, maybe I would like to talk. I shared that one story of a, of a situation that's unresolved. But in contrast, I have so many more stories of people who were able to come to me later and say, you know, you didn't blow up at me, even though I was a real jerk to you. That spoke something to them, right? You might be the person who's able to sit with, with the family member who just has, everyone's abandoned them. Not because you think they're right or good, but because Christ is doing something in you in that situation. So no matter what, your safety is always what's most important. And I never want you to compromise that. But in the places that you're able, I invite you to find yourself, to sense your own body, and to remind yourself that you are safe and that you are loved. And just to see what God does, just to see how that, that situation or that conversation turns out. And in doing so, I believe that we give glory to God. Let's pray. God, you know that I have had a challenging few weeks. And yet, you show up to give me the peace that I need, to remind me that I'm enough, and to guide me through to the other side. And God, I don't know the stories of everyone who's in this room or online with us or hearing this message later, but I do know that you also said you are with them always. So God, help us to be aware of your presence. Help us to know and feel you. God, help us to go in the way that reflects that you are with us no matter what. God, I trust you to guide me, and I trust you to guide every person who is listening to this message. And that at the end, I hope that we all see that you're with us, and that you love us, and that you ground us with this sense of home and purpose. So God, do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we do every week, part of us being present in this group and in this congregation is the opportunity to support the work that goes on here. And sometimes that means volunteering and, and showing your support in the way of how you serve. And in other ways, we're able to give financially to this work. We're able to give financially in ways that make us able to do what we do. And so in a few moments, there's gonna be baskets that come around and uh, you're invited to, to give there. Or if you're online, you're invited to use the QR code or the link that's in the chat and you can give that way. But if this is your first time and you're checking things out, or if you're not even sure if church is the thing that you wanna be a part of, feel no obligation to give. We're so happy that you're just here and checking things out. And that's why the rest of us show up the way we do financially so that other people have a chance to hear messages like this. And so uh, there's gonna be some music playing from Don, who I've been serving with for since 2016. 
Um, and after that, we are going to move on with our service. Uh, go ahead, Don, and let us give at this time. I'm Nicole Scott, and I am going to lead us through a time of our prayers for our joys and concerns. Um, if this is new to you, this is the time where we share some of the things that are going on in our lives that we're wanting to celebrate together or ask for prayer. So prayer requests, praise reports, if that's how you grew up, and we'll share those out loud, and then we'll have a time of prayer together. So feel free if anyone would like to begin. Yes, Gary. Thank you for sharing. Coworker Maria, who quit unexpectedly after something hard happened and has no unemployment, so praying for her. Hmm. Bob and Gretchen Weaver. Yeah, with what Bob's going through with his cancer journey. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Brandon, if you didn't hear, a friend broke her hip after losing her husband recently, so prayers for her. And then his older sister expecting another child after lots of loss and just holding that. Thanks for sharing, Brandon. Yes. Marilyn shared about a cancer friend, a friend who has cancer, who um, their treatment's not going well. Yes. Wow. Student at Alice's school died this week. Prayers for the family. Sorry for your loss. Mm. I pray 
say that the hate crimes stop, and they're right here in our own backyards, besides globally, and just wish that love would outwin and take over all those people that hate and think it's okay to kill innocent people. Amen. Prayers for the hate crimes in our nation and globally. We're actually going to take some time after we do this round of prayer to, to hold, hold that, those situations in our heart, too. So thanks for sharing that, Don. Yeah, Carl. Carl's neighbor who um, had a stroke and is paralyzed now and is not doing well. Prayers for him. Anyone else? Okay. Well, if you were with um, us a couple weeks ago and you saw me in this spot doing the same joys and concerns prayer, we tried something new where we did a practice of holding holding um, people in our heart as a way of praying for them, knowing that the Holy Spirit lives within us and we can pray with words and we can pray in a way that is wordless as well. I find that that helps sometimes when we don't know what to pray or things feel overwhelming or especially dark. Um, and that feels helpful right now. I, I, was, I have so many prayer practices I would love to bring, but I just felt this prompting that it sometimes is helpful to return to what we've practiced once before to begin to... Um, just deepen that in our hearts. So if you'd be willing to try that again with me today, I thought what we could do as a way of praying for all of our friends who share just now is to hold maybe one of them in our heart in a moment of silence. If you want, you can kind of keep pulling the other ones in. If that feels overwhelming, maybe just stick to one. But I'll just prompt us through that practice and... Um, We'll do that together. So if you feel comfortable, if you want to close your eyes, I love how Darren, this very much connects with what Darren was sharing. Just another way to connect with our bodies in prayer um, and, and even our imagination, knowing that God created that as well. So just begin to close your eyes and breathe. And we know that our mind is good, but it's only a part of what Jesus recommended that you must love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole mind. And so we can pray for someone by holding them in our heart. So notice your heart space, even your heartbeat, and just begin to breathe into it. It might help you to even lay your hands on your heart. I find that helpful. Now picture someone who just shared. Maybe it was your own prayer request. Maybe it was someone you heard that stirred your heart, that especially touched you today. If you know them, you can picture them. If you don't, that's okay. And kind of how we like drag and drop things with our cursor on our devices. I like to think of it that way almost. Just begin to kind of pull that person 
into your heart space. It might feel a little awkward at first. That's okay. It's a practice. I'll say just a very quick prayer, and then I'm just going to give you a minute in silence just to continue to hold that person in your heart. God, it is good to be together in your presence, in our bodies that you created and that you say are good, and to hear from each other, to hear about the deeper things, our pain, our joys, and the needs of our loved ones. And it's good to lift one another up. Holy Spirit, we know that you're already here. May we be aware of your presence as we hold these beloved people in our hearts together in prayer. Amen. I've been using this practice a lot lately as I've been listening to the news and everything happening in Israel and Palestine and in our own country. Um, I've been holding my Jewish and Muslim friends in my heart in Israel and Palestine, and it just feels so complicated. And I was just really continuing to reflect on what Holly shared last week. Um, and how you prayed and just really reminded us of how when we feel powerless, there are things we can do in our own neighborhood. And I was thinking about Christian's story with the rabbi um, and us singing, you know, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And um, reminded of God's, of Jesus's call to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us, to pray for those who mistreat us. And this quote came to mind um, that I, back when I was in spiritual direction school, um, really struck me, and it came back to mind this week, that spiritual maturity is indicated by the ability to love our enemies spontaneously from the heart. Spiritual maturity is indicated by the ability to love our enemies spontaneously from the heart. And it just is so humbling for me to think about that. Um, so in the spirit of letting peace begin with me, if you're open to it, I, I kind of wondered if we could take this one more round with holding someone in our heart and um, dare to hold someone who is difficult to love in our heart. Maybe like Darren shared, it's, it's a family member who is, is very difficult to find common ground with or a neighbor, or a coworker, um, or it's somebody that's in your house. Maybe it's your spouse, or sometimes for me, it can be one of my kids, where it's, 
I find myself sort of accidentally viewing them as an enemy. Um, I, I know that sounds silly, but we can fall into that. And no judgment on you, it's just us being human. But I wondered how it might feel to do that practice. It might even be for someone you've never even met. I know I've found myself falling into like a hateful space with like certain politicians or folks who <laughs> vote for them. And I'm not proud of that, but it happens inside. And so I wondered if you could consider who is difficult for you to love these days. And don't worry, I'm not gonna ask you to share this time. And I definitely won't write it in my notebook. <laughs> But if you're willing, just to return to that practice of holding this person in your heart. And I don't know if you've ever seen those beautiful images of Mary or Jesus. You often see them in Catholic churches, the sacred heart of Jesus or the immaculate heart of Mary. And they'll show like a heart with like a flame on top. So if it's helpful for you as you close your eyes, if you want to go another round on this, just to begin to breathe. And notice your heart again. And maybe notice a flame in your heart. Just a warm flame. It's a flame that God put within you. And as you breathe and connect to your heart space, picture that person that is difficult to love. And begin to draw them into your heart space. You might find it especially hard to do, and that's okay. It's a practice. Just try again. Maybe you get them a little closer, or maybe you just can't. Just notice, and I'll just give you a minute to hold to practice holding this person in your heart. Amen. Notice how you feel. And thank you for sharing this prayer practice with me. And may we love our enemies by the power of the Spirit. And may we remember that that begins in our hearts. Amen. Thank you, Nicole. We've got one more uh, song to finish out worship today. So, uh, again, stand as you're able. Worship however you'd like today. You can stand. You can dance. You can clap. You can shout. You can sing. Um, we'll take all the singing help we can this week since we're missing our fearless leader, Shelby. So, um, love to hear you all singing this. And uh, please join us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, perfect love is
is casting out fear even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back I know you are near I will fear no evil for my God is Let us go full of power and passion and confidence that you are always with us, that you'll never leave us and never forsake us, and that no matter what comes, we can be confident in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.